I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there. Welcome back to Ausbiz. This is The Call. On a Thursday, and uh, really great to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney. So over the next 60 minutes, 10 stocks, one stock of the day, two expert guests. Really pleased to welcome to the studio both Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Hello. And Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Hello. Nice to see you guys again. All right. Um, Look, there's not a lot of corporate news out today. Let's be honest. We are always in this uh, lull after reporting season and ahead of AGM season. Adam, do you think it's going to be really instructive this upcoming uh, season from the uh, companies to get a little bit more clarity? Yeah, AGM season, definitely what we're going to be looking for. Remember, also, we've got lots of dividends coming out in this next two weeks or so. So, uh, even three weeks. That, so that's a, sort of this natural pressure or unnatural pressure that's been put onto the stock. BHP, classic example mm-hmm. today, today, paying a dollar twenty-five dividend, uh, which will keep a lid on our market, especially when these larger ones uh, go through. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. I think AGM season will be very good. As always, I'm going to go straight to the outlook section. I'm not going to worry about what they're saying. I'm going to go have a look straight at the outlook. That'll give us a clear indication and hopefully they can give some guidance because I think that's what the market's been lacking is that guidance to to turn around and say we're going to make X amount of money between you know these two points in the sand and I think that's what markets need is that confidence and clarity. So it's going to be interesting to see how we go. Okay and uh, as far as we chatted to start the week, Michael, yeah. this trading range, I mean mm. it's just, oh, stagnant, right? Yeah. Just can't seem to mm. get above that 7,300 level and hold. What's going on? Wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I knew. I mean, um, yeah, Adam and I were just speaking before the show, just you get these few days up and then the market, you know, gives it back and yeah. we're stuck in this range. It's not even a almost a 5% range. Mm. So it's um, that's just the nature of the beast at the moment. Um, but as you say, stocks going ex-dividend, so that doesn't help. Um, you know, BHP and Fortescue the other day and mm. so on. So. Mineral resources tomorrow, so you've got this this lid on the market, but then the cash will start flowing through in a few weeks, and, and that will help. Um, I think in terms of AGMs, you know, outlooks are yeah. you know, definitely important, especially after the you know, reporting season where there was a lot of you know, the theme seemed to be the market didn't like the cost outlook for a lot of companies. So yeah. it'll just be interesting to see if there's a bit more clarity around costs for the you know the next year mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, look, stuck in a range, that's what we've got, that's what we have to deal with. You know, eventually we'll, we'll break out of that and I think it'll be an upside break and things will be rosy again. But for the moment, you know, we just have to deal with that range. And are you, you know. feeling good to the end of the year? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, once, once we get rid of dividends, once we get rid of AGM, it's going to leave a little bit of clean air okay. uh, going forward. So yeah, I'm really confident, I think. and. and as we get closer to December, there'll be more interest rate talk of potentially reducing interest rates, which is going to help the market move forward as well. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if China comes to the party in a more meaningful way as well. All right, I digress. Let's get to the companies. Hilia, in this first half hour of the program, we've got a bit of a run of fund managers as well. Platinum Asset Management, Pinnacle Investment Management, and Pacific Current. So we'll see what we can get out of those. And Unibel, Redemco, Westfield. So first, though, stock of the day, we do have some laggards in terms of reporting season, and that includes Bubs. So Bubs saying for the full year, it incurred a one-off non-cash impairment of $70.8 million at net loss after tax of $108.4 million. Group revenue for branded products was down 9.2%. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's all looking pretty negative. The other piece of news that Bubs did announce to market is that its U.S.-based infant formula clinical trial 
is、um, been submitted. So it looks as if it will be submitted、uh, this year. It says Bubs is actively taking steps to transition from temporary enforcement discretion to a more permanent market position with the clinical trial study designed to evaluate growth tolerance and safety of its new infant formula. So that gives us an idea of where Bubs is really putting the focus, right?、Mm. That North American infant formula market. Yeah, it's a massive one. But this is not a company without its troubles. No, definitely、uh, management troubles, as、mm-hmm. well as then overall outflows and and higher cost revenue,、uh, obviously lower as well. But I think over, overall, Bubs is one of those businesses that with goat's formula, the market got all excited about that U.S. expansion. They were rightly to do that. But it's the problem is that China is dragging the chain for a lot of this revenue that's coming through, and that's being offset by higher. American numbers, but lower Chinese numbers, and so I think the market was certainly looking for、uh, that China story to really push forward. But they've said that there's lots of excess stock and a lot of inventory that they can't get rid of in China. So hence why there's that that's coming off all that revenue,、uh, that outward costs are going to be higher. So yeah, I think overall for me, this is somewhere where you do not need to be. Uh, unless you can start to see some、uh, costs are being lowered and revenue starting to move higher, I would say get out and it's a sell. It's a sell. Now you look at that、mm. chart, Michael. Definitely in a downgrade cycle. Yep. Is there value in Bubs?、Um, how do you value it when your know, revenue is going backwards?、Mm. Uh, that's that's the problem. So you've got you know they're trying to expand in the US. That's great if everything else was was humming along quite nicely. I mean, in Australia, things seem to be going okay, but then you've got the issue with China and everything's going backwards. So,、um, and even in the US, it's that's not a guarantee. So they've got this temporary FDA approval, and they're still trying to get the、um, the permanent approval or whatever you call it, formal approval.、Mm-hmm. That probably won't happen until I think October twenty twenty five. So you've got that uncertainty. What if there's an issue there? Wow, that's their that's their growth engine at the、mm. moment. So everything's predicated on that coming through, or the the, chi- the Chinese、um, how do they call it a reset? So when a company's you know undergoing a reset, yeah, it's I think it's early days. It's、um, it may work out,、um, but at this point in time, I think it's just way too cloudy to take a punt.、Um, you know, even at seventeen cents, it could be you know quite a bit lower than that. So、okay. I'd be I'd be definitely avoiding and selling here as well. Okay, that's two sells. I had one of a double sell yesterday. It doesn't happen very often,、no. really. Yeah. yeah. So that stock of the day. That's the verdict from these two expert guests.、Um, really interesting because, of course, Bubs、uh, does take up a bit of、uh, newspaper copy because of its、uh, boardroom troubles. And I gotta say, I'm glad I'm not running the company. It sounds like a difficult <laughs> job at hand. Okay, let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers. Thank you so much for doing so. This one is for Rabi. And、uh, this is Helia. So Helia is in the insurance business. It's in the diversified financial. So this is、um, the old Genworth mortgage. So this is、um, mortgage insurance、uh, in a nutshell.、Uh, look, it's not the easiest business to get your head around, but it's very much Michael dependent、mm-hmm. on this cycle. Correct? Is there any reason、yeah. to be in Helia now?、Um, I'd be tempted to. Be taking it off the table up here. I think if it was, if the share price was still quite subdued. So, for example, you know, start of 2023, it was a $2.60 stock. Now it's $3.76. So, if we're still at that phase where,、um, you know, the share price was subdued because no one could see that property will eventually recover and the economy will grow again and etc. etc. Then it would be a bit of an opportunity. But I think that's starting to get factored into the share price now. Um, so, what sort of upside do we have from here? I think it's you know well documented that housing prices are are increasing. There's going to be a lot more、um, stock coming onto market. All, all these things are great, but it's sort of already out there.、Um, it went ex-div. Looks like a few days ago、um, when it was trying to break out、um, on the chart, and then it's you know sort of failed and back into the range. So, I, I think there's probably early signs that that trend might be over for the time being, and. Um, yeah, I just think a lot of that's already factored in.、Mm. So, so you'd I, be taking profits. Yeah, I'd be taking profits. That's the sell. Okay, what do you think, Adam? Yeah, look, looking at that chart, it definitely looks like it's at the top end of its range, and and as Michael said, trying to push above that, but just just can't get to it. So, 
Um, look, I'd be okay with it. Their capital position remains pretty strong. They do uh, have a $100 million buyback out in the market at the moment. They did declare an interim dividend of $0.14, cents, which is a little bit higher than last year. So things are moving in the right direction. But the, you know, what are the conditions out there for mortgages and what are the conditions out there for that economic backdrop? Economic backdrop doesn't look that fantastic. Obviously, they're starting to see unemployment and there's, uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, well, unemployment's been very low, um, but um, yeah, that, that potentially could lift and then there should be some issues within the mortgage market as well. So look, I think overall conditions are pretty good and probably the best they're gonna be for a while. So I agree with Michael. I'm going to say take some profits and sell also. Well, well, we are off to a very interesting start yeah. here on this Thursday edition of The Call. So Helia, take some profits, uh, perhaps as good as it's going to get. All right, now let's get into a little bit of a deep dive into some fund managers. Uh, thank you for nominating these companies. Uh, Platinum Asset Management has been picked by Wei. So Wei, um, look, let's find out if there's anything to add about Platinum Asset Management. Um, the share price, Adam, has been mm. declining. It's Very been tough. depressed. Yes. A lot of what happens depends on the fund flows. That's and right. that depends on performance, performance, depends on market performance overall. That's right. yeah. Um, when is it going to turn around for Platinum? Or most fund managers as well. So we, we, we don't want to spoil that too much. But look, Platinum Asset Management, look, uh, their, their 2000, the second half 2023 NPAT was a miss um, on uh, over, the, over that. And you can tell by that share price and hence why it's now started to move lower as well. They also flagged that a long-standing institutional client is going to redeem some cash in August this year. So that's potentially where there's some more selling that's now started to happen. Remember when uh, Magellan lost their flagship uh, investor, that certainly was something that uh, really sort of hurt them at the start as well. Management fees margins remain pretty low and uh, I guess a mix of um, retail as well as institutional and I guess the institutional guys don't pay as much but the retail guys do but they're losing institutional money pretty quickly as well um, fund inflow um, 17.8 billion 72% uh, of that is retail so and 28% is institutional so um, they're getting more money out of those retail guys which I think is okay mm -hmm. um, going forward it's all about performance and I don't think these, a lot of these funds have performed very well so I'd be really cautious here um, it's not one and not a fund manager that I would, would I, that I would use I think the dividend's okay, seven cents per share. Um, but I think overall, um, it, I'm not going to say an avoid because I've had already had two sells today. Um, but I'd say, look. Um, no, no, be true to what you think. Yeah, because the well, thing then, is, yeah. like, why would you buy? You know, there's also that fundamental. Do you buy a listed fund manager shares in the listed fund yeah. manager? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, like, just tell us how, yeah, how do you I, invest? Yeah, I've been a seller of platinum all the way through. Anybody that has it in their portfolio, it's a sell for me. So I. Yep. Sell. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no peer pressure. You do what you want, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I agree. So you know, the the thing is with um, we're just going to call this the sell show. <laughs> Not the buy hold <laughs> sales. It's part of constructing a portfolio. Yeah. It's not putting these in no, there. Yeah, really. yeah absolutely. Um, you know, the other point I'll add on top of all the, the, the funds under management commentary is, um, you know, the, I guess the appeal for investors buying these fund managers is, well, I can buy the shares in a fund manager so I don't have to do anything. But unfortunately, you kind of do because mm. if they don't perform and you get funds under management coming out, then you lose a lot in the share price. So you really do need to keep an eye on it and that defeats mm. the whole purpose of being in there. You know, the question around whether they can turn it around from here, I mean, I've just pulled up a chart. So the shares peaked in 2015 at $9. Um, they're about $1.40 now. So in that period of time, there have been plenty of opportunities to turn it around. So, mm. you know, from 2015 for a few years, the, you know, the economy was doing it tough. So a recessionary style period, okay, the shares of uh, platinum were going down. We had interest rate cuts in 2019. That should have, that was good for the market. The share price of platinum continued to go down. We had COVID, the opportunity after that. Interest rates have gone up recently and it felt like there was a window there for maybe a couple of months at the start of the year where apparently value investing was back. Um, only lasted a couple of months and then the downtrend continued. So what do they need to turn this around? I don't get it. They've had eight years. They've had every different type of market environment that could benefit their style of investing. Mm. So 
I think just based on that, I'd say, well, it's, it's a tough job and I'd rather sell here regardless of whatever you have left in it and, you know, look for other opportunities. Okay. Now, could another opportunity be the next on the list, which is Pinnacle Investment Management. This is picked by SAF. So slightly different than Platinum, as in Pinnacle is the overarching, um, you know, boutique. It's got a lot of these funds operating under its umbrella. So it does a lot of the administration, a lot of the marketing and all that kind of stuff for these uh, different funds. So in that, Michael, you know, mm. you've got some growth funds, you've got some dividend funds, you've got yeah. a Kuluba Capital bonds. So, you know, is this maybe a more a diversifier in a portfolio, Pinnacle? Um, it, it is different to Platinum, I, I guess so much so that I'd be happy to suggest it as a hold at this point. I wouldn't say it's a buy because, again, I just think that I could find better opportunities elsewhere. Um, Look at the moment they've got, they're increasing their funds under management and and their fees are, are heading higher and things are heading in the right direction. But yeah, again, the key point is it won't be like that forever because some of these funds may may start to underperform. So if they've got fixed interest type funds, yeah, we're going into an environment where they won't perform, for example. So um, and then maybe a couple of the fund managers make some missteps. So you, you need to keep an eye on what's happening. But for the moment, things seem to be going the right way. So. I'd be happy to hold um, and just just see how long they can continue that funds under management. Hopefully, a rising share market helps and um, and so on. But yeah, it, you got to keep an eye on it. Okay, hold for Pinnacle. Do you see Pinnacle any different? Yeah, than I, I, I agree with Michael. I mean, that that overall growth profile needs to happen, uh, you know, going forward. And I guess one of the biggest risks for this kind of business is that elevated um, market volatility. That that's exactly where this happens and. To Michael's point, absolutely. If a fund manager does fail or you get a couple of bad months, quarters running together, then you get outflows and things start to happen, uh, which which is obviously more selling inside of the stock. P&I reputed, reported a net profit of uh, 76 million, which was flat from last year. So they're pretty much just treading water at the moment, but they've got 91.9 billion funds under management. And that was up about 10% over the last six months. So there you go, there's inflows coming in. Um, and they're not, there's not too much outflows going out of there as well. Dividend is okay. Um, I actually use some of their funds, HYGG, I really like. We're doing a bit of stuff with Coolbar Capital at the moment. Um, and they've got a couple of other ones that we sort of put clients into. So I actually don't mind this business. Uh, they're very, very professional what they do and they, they are very active in the broker community. So they're definitely out there uh, doing stuff as well. So for me, this one, I'm gonna go a little bit opposite to Mike. I'm gonna say it's a buy. I think if you've got good funds management, which they do, they've got inflows coming in and the dividends should be maintained. I think it'll be okay. Minus any market volatility or excess market volatility, you should be okay in this one. Yeah, well, you've said that you are pretty positive toward the end of the year. So, I mean, that helps form your investment thesis as well. All right, last on that sort of fund manager-esque list is Pacific Current. So, interesting to note that Ordvinet has a buy on the company. And I only raise that because this is another one of those... um, those overarching groups that has a number of fund managers in its stable. And so Pacific Current, uh, according to Ord Manette, will likely make at least one significant investment in the first half into a high growth private capital boutique. Um, Other liquidity events, it says, were also flagged for FY24. So it's also hired advisors to help Mm. advise it on taking on Regal Regal partners. So there's a lot happening there at Pacific Group. Yeah, it's really interesting how Regal's really trying to get their foothold. They've got a lot of cash and they're really trying to be aggressive in that funds management space. So Phil King's doing a fantastic Mm -hmm. job there. Um, But as far as this one, look, overall, um, it looks interesting. Um, I do like GQG. It's one of the big ones in there. And that's that's been absolutely killing it. So I think there's a fair bit on that performance on that chart there. Um, Look, certainly breaking up to the upside once they got uh, Rock Partners, GQG and and those kinds of things. So for me... um, I'd say it's a hold up here, definitely. I think you you could potentially, if they start to make some more boutique acquisitions, uh, certainly that would be okay. Dividend was okay as well. So yeah, it'd be a hold from me and see how uh, the business unfolds. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I, I think it's US based. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've spoken, I've interviewed them before. Um, again, it sort of mm. goes to, 
philosophy, right? Do yeah. you invest in a company like this, or do you look for opportunities elsewhere um, that perhaps don't give you this sort of exposure to you know such a wide yeah. range of asset managers? But you know, again, you're investing in a listed entity. Um, I think in the case of say with Pinnacle, where I was happy to hold it, with this one I'd be leaning more towards the sell only because of the um, the, the takeover approach. So it was you know, a bit under eight dollars. Um, a couple of months ago, and now it's because of that. Um, because of that, it's trading over over ten dollars. So you've got a you know, bit of a premium there, and I just look at the risk that it all falls through. I mean, I don't know what the you know the odds are of that, but it can happen. We've seen a lot of companies have takeover offers and then fall through. You know, Ramsey and and so on. And, plenty, yeah, plenty, <laughs> yeah. Um, so look, based on that, I'd be leaning towards you know taking what I've got. Here at the moment, and um, so take you know, a bit of profits, on. yeah, yeah. If you've got them, um, but you wouldn't be buying in here, clearly. No, I think that's that's too risky because you, yeah, the the sort of risk reward is, yeah, it might go through, or you might get another dollar, but you've got the risk of losing, mm -hmm. you know, two dollars fifty if it if everyone just walks away and decides they don't want to do it. Okay, so that was for SAF. Um, everybody who's submitted a question, don't forget, this is not financial advice. Uh, you do have to do your own research, and that one was for Leah. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind as we continue on with our fifth stock of the day as picked by you. Sophia, if you're watching or listening, this is Unibel Rodemko Westfield, URW. Gosh, I can't help but think, guys, we might be in the wrong stage of the cycle to be <laughs> buying in to an owner of a shopping center. Also, when you take into consideration just how massively the way in which we shop mm. changes. Am I right? Um, I guess it depends on the price and if, you know, we've sort of hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, that, that's a bit of a tough one. I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say when it comes to property, there's, I think, some contrarian opportunities, say with office as well. Um, you know, retail, yeah, look, potentially you could view it as a, you know, maybe this is the bottom of the cycle. The problem with this, this Unibail stock is it's it's the French company now and you've got... Yeah, you and know, it's the international any, shopping centre. Yeah, and there's no... So, you know, you've got, and you don't have much liquidity here. It doesn't get traded. The analysts don't cover it. I think, I think there was one, maybe Audmanet covers it. So it's sort of off everybody's radar. Mm. Um, and you kind of need everyone to be talking about it and getting the share price moving and up again. And, um, you know, based on that, it just might be hard going. So, look, I'm a tentative hold... Um, I think we've sort of reached the bottom of that cycle potentially, but um, yeah, look, on the other hand, there's an opportunity cost and sort of sitting there and having it not really do anything for a year until people maybe have some money again. So yeah, tentative hold. Actually, I'm convincing myself to sell. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think you might be. I'm going to call that. I'm going to call that call a, a sell, sell. Yeah. Um, because also you've got to take into consideration, um, you know, in San Fran, for example, it's mm. actually selling getting out shutting yeah, shuttering yeah um, u.s divisions yeah. everything's yeah, being shut up and and they do have a fair bit of debt i think it's a couple of billion dollars yeah. that need to be rolled over by the end of this year so uh, not a great time well you know yes it's not a great time <laughs> but you know you look at the other side of it you look at harvey norman you look at jb hi-fi and those results actually weren't too bad um they said the last six or 12 months was tough but we were expecting a lot worse and you know i don't think that that is now coming through I do think that though the US, I mean, obviously they're moving out of the US, but the, the US is, they've got their inflation down. They're starting to look like a lot better. Here in Australia, I think we're six months behind where the US is going to be. But overall, I think, you know, um, the consumer discretionary space, it is a contrarian trade at the moment because nobody wants to be there. And you can see that by the share price uh, of this one uh, moving sideways as well. Though I do think Europe, because if they've got them out of most of the US, I think Europe is going to struggle this year, especially this winter with their gas prices as well as their gas storage. So that I think Europe's going to be a bit of a drag on the global economy this winter. So it's going to be quite tough as that Russia-Ukraine war continues to uh, put that through. But in saying all of that, the, the luxury goods in, the, in, in Europe have been doing very, very well as well. So there's a bit of a crowded trade there. So all in all, I think, you know, owning a shopping center in Europe could be very, very tough at the moment. Um, I would say it's a hold at best because you could hopefully look for something better. 
And the other thing about this stock is, is that the, the French government actually charges more taxes on top of your, when you do a transaction. There's an action another like $30 that gets put onto, onto that as well. So whenever I buy this, a client gets a contract note and say it's like 10 grand, but then I have to ring them up and get another $30 because yeah. it's the French government puts taxes on the buys and the sells. Wow. Just stuff like that means that I'm not going to go in and recommend it to clients because it, you know, it, it's just a little bit more difficult. So anyway. So too hard basket. Too hard basket. It's a hold. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thesis is okay. Okay. Uh, All right. This is okay. Your business. Okay. Let's get across <laughs> to the five stocks and the stock of the day today, Bubs. It's a sell from both of my guests. Tough business. There's a lot riding on this North America execution, which is far from decided, as Michael points out. So you just don't need to be there in Adam's words. Hell yeah, it would take profits for this company. If you looked at the chart, you know, it's done very well over the past little while, but are we at an inflection point in the cycle? Take some profits. Platinum Asset Management, sell. Um, Michael says, don't be fooled into thinking that investing in these fund managers means that you're getting all this exposure without doing the work. It needs to be actively managed. And again, follow the flows is Adam's advice and they're leaving Platinum Asset Management. Pinnacle, different story for Adam, he says overall growth profile is very good. It's a buy for him. It's a hold for Michael. The funds under management uh, are rising, and that's why he's um, less negative on this one. Pacific Current, he's leaning to a sell, takes some profits, but it's a hold for Adam Dawes. And Unibail Redemco Westfield, we'll call it a hold for Adam, <laughs> uh, but Europe's going to be tough, and that's uh, where it's based, right? And then you've got a sell on Unibail from Michael Gable, and you would have just heard why. So that brings us to an update on our portfolio. So the newest episode of the Investment Committee is up online. I do hope you take it. It's actually only about half an hour this month. Um, we didn't do a lot of um, kicking things out, I guess you could say, selling in the portfolio, but we did trim to get Challenger in. We did get rid of Paradigm Pharma. That uh, play just didn't work out as I think it was Ben had hoped, um, but the team did agree to put Challenger in and to do so they trimmed a bit of Altium and Paladin. All right, keep sending in your requests, keep the call switched on to see what stocks our community will be looking at next and clearly none from today, at least so far. All right, let's get across the next five stocks and that would be Stockland, SGP, Pentoro, PNR, Aurelia Metals, Australia Unity Office Fund. So talking about property again and my state, MYS. So Nicholas, if you're listening or watching, this one's for you, Stockland. So guys, um, Stockland's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you do have the exposure to residential. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of migration, yep. a lot of new Australians coming in, yep. um, massive supply shortage of housing that we well know about. Um, but it's also got the retail exposure as well. Yeah, So absolutely. does that make it attractive? Like I think it does because you've got that diversification of earnings and you've got, you know, Stocklands is a lot of those um, Woolworths or Coles, you know, sort of format where they're out in the middle of the country. They've got lots of parking, lots of space for prams. You come in and then you can do your shopping and then you can get out again. So I think my that, local Stocklands has a EV charging station. There you go. Multiple and they're busy. There you go. Absolutely. So, yeah, all of that kind of stuff, I think, is is bringing customers or people back in. However, that resi side of things is looking very, very uh, subdued and uh, relatively larger exposure, I think, that you probably want in that space. But does Stockland do a lot of land release packages as well? And that's helping that sort of move going forward. It's a bit of a contrarian trade, I guess, because a lot of these... Uh, a lot of these property trusts will actually fire as interest rates start to come down. They really will take off. So potentially, do you want to get set? I prefer Goodman Group in that space. And if you were, if a client that needed some property exposure, I'd do VAP, which is the ETF, the Vanguard uh, Property Trust. Um, that's probably a better place to be for me. Um, Stockland is a hold only because um, I think that Resi is subdued, but that should take off as interest rates come down. So I think you're, you're in the right space if you're holding it or buy an ETF where you'll be a lot more diversified. What was that ETF again? VAP. VAP. Got yep. it. All right. Um, Vanguard Aussie property, I would imagine. Yep, exactly right. Michael Gable, Stockland. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I agree. Happy to have it as a hold. I see those, you know, those tailwinds next year when interest rates come down and there's, you know, all the need for housing, obviously development costs, you know, interest costs at the moment are high, but you know that's 
you know, that's known. Um, I wouldn't have it as a buy only because it's already come a long way from where it was at the start of the year. So I guess if we had some sort of dip back under $4, it'd be worth having a look at. Um, but at current levels, it's a hold. I think it'll you know, meander higher as we you know, move through the cycle. I agree with Good, Goodman Group. That's, you know, that's our main REIT at the moment. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to a point where you know, everyone just loves Goodman Group at the expense of others, and that might end up a bit crowded. But I think that's still, still got a bit, bit more upside from here. But yeah, Stockland, happy to keep it as a hold. Got it. There you go, Stockland. All right. Uh, the next on the list, we totally switched sectors. We go, well, it wouldn't be a program, would it, if we didn't get to some sort of small gold explorer or producer. And this time it's Pantoro, P-N-R. This has been picked by Ben. And I've got to admit, I had to look it up. And I thought I knew Aussie Goldies pretty well. I think you would have. You um, should know. Most it is gold. a producer, though. It is, yes. NWA, so we can uh, exclude, you know, sovereign risk. African countries. You're taking all taking my content. You're taking all my content here. Yeah, well, we got a program to fill here. No, um, kidding. But I mean, does this make? Uh, first of all, let's get your view on gold in a portfolio. Still believer that yeah. you need five percent gold. Yeah, I think, I think there's no there's no issues with having uh, a, a portion of gold in your portfolio, especially here in Australia. Uh, we've we've got hundreds of gold companies, and obviously there's there's good quality ones as well. But it really, for me, it really comes down to how much they can get it out of the ground because that's all important. If they can get it out of the ground underneath the gold price, then you know there's there's a margin or there's a profit margin to do. They've guided for 100,000 ounces in 2024 for the full year of 2024 with an all-in sustaining cost of $1,900 Aussie an ounce. Aussie. So we're what? Aussie Gold's what? Three grand? Yeah, yeah. US is like one nine something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Aussie is one thousand yeah. nine hundred. So you should be able to get, uh, you know, let's say, let's say round numbers, a thousand dollars an ounce. So it should be okay. So they're looking. They've got four point uh, forty six million tons in the ground at a half, at a grade of three point two grams per ton. That equals about four point eight million ounces. So. 100,000 ounces a year, it's quite slow. There's not a lot going on there. Um, geopolitically, yes, it does tick that box. So, you know, we're okay with that. It's an open cut mine, so it doesn't have uh, huge amounts of costs. And they do have some other significant gold uh, plays also around that area in, in WA as well. But for me, it's too small. Uh, all in sustaining cost is obviously very, very high. Um, and I just don't think you need to be there. So it'd be a sell from me. Um- yeah, like that chart didn't look good. No, it's um, yeah, definitely still in a downtrend. So you know, forty cents to about five cents, um, and they recently raised thirty mil. So yeah. you know, they're you know, they're still at that sort of stage at the moment. Um, yeah, look, it's it's sort of too speculative um, because unfortunately, if they're still you know, at that level where they're raising money and so on, it really almost doesn't matter what the, the gold price does. They've got other issues. So it's, mm. it, as we could see, you know, gold's been doing certain things throughout the year and this thing's just been heading south. So, you know, you could have a view on gold and I think around these levels, gold, you know, looks, looks attractive. It's, it's had a rough, you know, few days because the Aussie dollar's gone up, but I think the Aussie dollar will get back into that sort of downtrend and gold will will go up and we could stop talking about rate rises that aren't going to happen. So I'm quite optimistic on where gold can go from here, but unfortunately this company won't necessarily track it. They've got their own company issues to deal with. So for me, it's too, too speculative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. I'd have it as a sell. Um, so if you, do you, do you have gold as, you know, diversifying yeah, so, portfolios? Um, we buy gold stocks when I think they're going to go up. So I won't necessarily hold them all through the cycle if I think that we're going to go through a down period. Um, but I do think we're going through an upside period in gold because of, as I mentioned, what's going to happen with the Aussie, sorry, the US dollar and, and so on. So, you know, we've got clients holding Evolution Mining. Um, other stocks that we've got clients holding include, include Perseus, mm-hmm. um, uh, Remelius, so uh, Northern Star, yeah, they're just the, the guys that are producing and and basically printing money on a, on a higher gold price. So, yeah, you can be in the gold space now, but um, I don't think this one will do anything for you. 
And, you know, you're the big players, Northern Star. Yeah, Northern Star, Evolution. Uh, Evolution. Yeah, definitely. They're the, the kind of uh, guys that we're sort of staying with. Um, once Newcrest sort of comes off or becomes a CDI, yeah. that'll slow that, that that down considerably. But, yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm very much of those the higher, bigger guys. They can get it out of the ground a lot cheaper, and that's the key to all of this. So, um, yeah, still having gold in as a position in the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And and is that you know client demand? Like, are clients yeah clients, comfortable to have like they like it's a they want the gold? They there? do. Yeah. They and the, but they they want and it the hold to through the cycle. Yeah, or they want it to put underneath their mattress. Yeah, you know, and it's like no, you, well, you can do that if you want, but there's so many costs and things like that. So, we sort of take them off the ledge from there and then bring them down to like trade the GOLD, which is the ETF, the gold ETF. That's great. Um, That's just the commodity, not the company. Yeah, that's backed by physical gold as well. Correct. Right. So you actually have physical gold in the London Mint. It's yours. It's got your name on it. Um, You know, that kind of stuff. So that I think is is a better way to do it. And and then obviously you add more risk when you add a company on there. You've got directors, you've got... people dying or time off work those kinds of things and there's always these other things that can go in it but the actual commodity is 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 a lot of that risk is taken out so we always suggest buying just the etf and yeah we do a lot with that yeah all right thanks adam thanks michael uh the next on the list is aurelia metals this is for kevin uh the ticker code is ami i'm just trying to see what some of the price action lately is so um what do you think of aurelia uh michael yeah yeah um power ticked up the last few (laughs) days but this is another one of those big downtrending stocks so you know 90 cents to nine cents so also gold, also local in, in Australia. But, but I think it's just exploration, based. isn't it? It's not, yeah, is it pre-production? They, they, they do produce, they're yeah. They're producing, okay. but, yeah. but you know, they've got really high costs at the moment, so they're not making money. Um, they're also involved in base metals, so they had a, a neat slide the other day showing, yeah, it's mostly gold with a few base metals and they're trying to get it more towards the base metal side um, as, as a majority of, of where their revenue comes from. So it's. It's at that, again, speculative early stage, not making money at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Do you need to be there? Yeah. Some people are happy to put in the bottom drawer and, and, and wait for it to hopefully come good. I'm, I'm happy to wait um, because, you know, there's plenty of these companies out on the ASX and they don't, they don't all make it. Mm. Um, so, you know, that you'll get an uptick in, in base metal prices and gold prices and this share price won't necessarily move because they might need to Know, raise money or whatever but i did notice they didn't have i think it was this one they didn't have any debt um yeah they got a yeah, t- debt free. term facility yeah yeah million. um yeah and they've recently raised money so look i think the ingredients are there to do well but um but if you want to you know eliminate some of that risk i'd rather wait for some milestones to get reached and you might miss the, you know the first 20 percent of the move but you know if they start producing and or they are producing but if they start making money and getting to where they want to be and, and the share price starts to go up on massive volume and instos start getting interested yeah you miss the first bit but if they're going to be successful you'll have a lot of upside ahead of you so i'd rather wait so yeah i'd i wouldn't have it as a hold obviously it'd be a sell and i'd wait for that um for that event to maybe occur okay mm. interesting i just note that macquarie's got an outperform mm. on the company now that's as of the end of july and ordmanet in the wake of its update obviously has put a specy buy on the company and it had that rating prior and it's lifted its target price to 20 cents from 18 saying that fy24 guidance was a big beat on both production and cost so i know that michael said that with these companies that are just starting out it's okay if you miss the initial leg up Mm. um yeah or you know strategically if you had you know a bit of play money could you put it in something like aurelia I'm thinking that, you know, they're at the beginning of their journey and you might be able to capitalize. Yeah, so beginning of the journey, these guys have been around for a while and there's a lot of, and the reason why I think Macquarie covers it is that there's a lot of institutions Mm -hmm. in this business. So they've got a fairly decent register, obviously long and wrong and hurting at the moment. But their guidance, yes, for 2024, but actual guidance for 2023 or or what was it? in 2022, they guided for an all-in sustaining cost of $1,700. They said 2023, that's going to go to $2,300. Mm-hmm. Remember, the last company we were doing at $1,900. Yeah. 
and they came in at $2,315. I mean, that's just, as for an investment, that you've got to get that all in sustaining costs lower as well as then it's got to be it's got to be done properly so they're looking to they produced 86,000 ounces of gold last year at that 2315 blended price doesn't leave a lot of room for any kind of profitability on this one so yeah for me they need to get those costs down and then the growth potentially will happen but for me it'd be a sell i don't think you need to be there uh, those costs are way too high and you can find better miners out there that will do it for a lot cheaper that is another double sell. This has got to be some kind of record. I like it. I like making history with you guys. All right. Let's talk about the ninth stock, which is the Australian Unity Office Fund. This one's been picked by Andrew. Not our Andrew here at Osbiz, I don't believe. Um, but let's just talk about this one because I can't help but think just having office in the name. Um, might not be a real selling point right now, Adam. Am yeah, I correct? 100% correct. It's, uh, it's <laughs> I love being right. Tough, this has tough. been really easy for me today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yes, you are. Uh, yeah, look, uh, overall, Office is really, really tough. Dexas is, you can see in their results that it's at. And even I was, I think I was getting ready this morning watching um, Sunrise and it's work from home. Australians now want to do it, you know, sort of two, a hybrid model of sort of two or three days a week working from home. We don't get to work from home, but um, I, I prefer to be in the office. But you can definitely see around here, around Sydney, that there are a lot of offices that are uh, that are basically empty or half full. Um, they did sell a couple of uh, buildings, which is obviously going to help them as well. Their net asset or the NTA is a dollar ninety-one, so certainly at a huge discount to that dollar thirty-three where it is at the moment. They do have some cash in the bank around sort of forty-four million, but that's okay. Um, assets are a good tier, they're good tier assets where they have them sort of mainly in the metropolitan CBD markets. Again, that's also where it's quite expensive as well. But, oh, over, but they've got some, oh, they sold a couple in Macquarie yeah, Park. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and Parramatta and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they, they, actually, they actually are getting rid of assets, which I think is probably what you need to be doing at this cycle, this part of the cycle, uh, and keeping that distribution, I think, at 32.5 cents wasn't too bad either as well um, so yeah for me uh, you just you want to stay in the good quality side of things you don't want to be in the second tier um, if I was pushed to be anything in the office space I would probably say no um, if we, we've already talked about Goodman group um, I don't mind abacus storage King it's a little bit one that's a little bit lower at the moment dollar 20 or something like that it's got a nav of 141. Um, that one doesn't look too bad in that storage space. But overall, stay with the quality. Goodman Group is the way to go. Still getting uh, name drops for Goodman Group. Yeah. Okay, Australian Unity. So I just was looking at its presentation. Of course, the presentation doesn't always have the most detail in the outlook, but the outlook is deliver on leasing and occupancy outcomes. All right. Continue proactive approach to portfolio construction, asset sales and active asset management. Focus on maximizing returns for unit holders. So there's not a, a lot of detail in that presentation yeah. in terms of outlook. That's like continuing to run the business because mm. it is. It is a tough space to be in. But yeah. I mean, you have to have sort of a fundamental view as to whether the asset quality that they have is going to withstand the pressures, mm. you know, of work from mm. home and everything else. Or, you know, are you in the camp that just offices, you know, nowhere that you'd want to be because most Australians don't want to be there either. Yeah. Um, look, one thing I did notice on their recent presentation is they had no debt. So that's... that's is pretty, that unusual? Yeah, it's yeah. very it's unusual. unusual. Very, very yeah, unusual. Yeah, so cash in the a, bank. It's yeah. a positive. Um, look, I've, I've got a bit of a different view. I, I think I think these these office office exposure is a contrarian opportunity. I mean, I've been saying it for a few months. I'm a, I think I'm a bit early because, you know, we've, we've got um, a holding in Charter Hall it just hasn't gone anywhere yet. So, but you know, their recent result was was a beat. Yeah. Um, so I think it's worth looking at because because of that that overall negative view. Um, can it get any worse? Well, I can only really see potential for for upside. Obviously, with interest rates and economy that that starts to tick up. Um, the whole working from home thing that's that's obviously a bit of a an unknown. I mean, my gut feeling is. Yeah, there's people that don't want to come in the office, but I know of people that want to come in the office, but 
They can't because I'm no like one's Adam. In the I want to come into the yeah. office. Yeah, it's yeah. not not wanting to be home. I've met your family; they're lovely. <laughs> it's just way easier uh, yeah. to work yeah. in the office for me, anyways. Yeah, and, and you know, and I come in every day as well. And we're seeing companies like CBA trying to get yeah people into the office. Yeah, they want them back. And, and what I've been, they do. It's oh yeah, it's a good PR. And the problem is, it's the it's the the big international multis that 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 that, that, that you know. In Europe, they're not they're not going back at all, or it's mm. it's it, and here in Australia, they're just digging their heels in and saying, "Well, I, I don't, if I don't have to come back to work, mm. I work from home. But if I don't have to come in the office, I'm not going to." Yeah. yeah. And that's the hard bit. But yeah. you know, the thing that'll make them come back is losing jobs and unemployment going back up. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've been saying for a couple of years that, um, you know, the people that say, "Well, you know, I'm going to work from home. This is great, and I might move to somewhere else," and blah blah blah. Well, you're working from home. You're a face on a screen. So what's the difference between you on 150, whatever it is a year, yep. or the person in Manila or India that want, is happy with 50 grand a year? And there was an article this week, I think it was this week, in the Fin Review for IT, um, IT development jobs, and that's exactly what's happening. So these two people- You know what else is gonna get people in the office? I think, eventually, and that's not everyone, like I'm not, you know. But um, when your pay packet will be less if mm. you want to work from home, and that's starting yeah, right, to happen, right. uh, particularly in North America. Sure, you can work from home, but we're going to pay you, you know, twenty percent less or whatever it is. Yeah, and it won't, it, I don't, you know, it won't get back to how it was before. But I, I think there's scope for it to improve. So mm-hmm. people start to feel the pressure that they need to show their face and turn up, um, and bosses will start to. Mm. Yeah, get a little bit more confident that you know what I'm going to tell them to come in because you know there's the economy's doing it tough. People are losing jobs. Suddenly, it's back in our favour to mm. to tell the the employee what to do. So you know, based on that, um, I think there's scope for upside in in office. So with look, Australian Unity, I know that you like tra- yeah, you're invested in that, Charter Hall. Yeah, I'd, I'd say no because it just doesn't trade much. So it's about sixty, seventy grand a day. Um, so you know, based on that, you could get stuck in it. And, and to Adam's point, you're better off in the, the top tier. So if you want to take that view on office, um, look, they, they seem to have lovely buildings, but you know, it's pictures of you know the, the local office block in Canberra and yeah. the other ones. So yeah. you know, they're not the they're not the top tier um, buildings either. So yeah, well, Charter's got Chifley and all those ones, and that's the top yeah. end, top part of the the. the the business cycle as such mm. so that and you know our 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 building's full there's people everywhere it's yeah it's it's crazy but is it uh, busy even on mondays and fridays yeah okay yeah friday not so much mm-hmm. i can even tell that when you're coming in on the, the train or oh, yeah. on the bus you know you can just you can see that it's just not as many people coming in uh, but yeah no definitely through throughout the week and you know friday lunch is always good <laughs> I've never known you to say no to a Friday lunch. All right, uh, moving on to the lucky last on the list, and that is my state, MYS, picked by Way. Well, today's your day, Way. I can only assume it's the same person. Um, look, it had a FY23 cash net profit coming in 20% higher. Uh, still, at least Ordmanet was expecting something a wee bit better. Um, I guess it's just funding costs as well that you've got to think about when you're thinking about a group like my state in the current environment. Uh, Michael, I'll start with you on mm. my state. We don't talk about it a lot on the channel. Mm. No. Yeah, so you'll probably see where this <laughs> one's going. <laughs> Um, be nice to end on a night. Nice yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, keep going. So, yeah, look, we're just we're just such a small market. Yeah. So you know we've got the big four banks yeah. and and look, I think investing in a big four bank at the moment's you know a bit bit tough if you're looking for outperformance over the next twelve months, let alone the the lower tiers. So you know, kudos to them for sticking it out and. And, and doing what they do, but yeah, they don't get the the same funding as, as the major banks. It's harder for them. There's yeah, high yeah, a lot of competition. Um, you know, for the for the few scraps that there are, so it's just too hard basket. Unfortunately, it's um, yeah. Look, it'd be nice if there were more regional banks and it was more competitive, but. It's just not the way it is. So yeah, we're not bleeding hearts here. We're looking to make yeah, money, and I hate money. to put it so crudely, yeah, but it's true. We're here to make to be money. Polite, but yeah, uh, so but we're going to sell that one. Yeah, sell yeah. my state. Up to you, Adam. All right. So I mean, overall, the numbers actually didn't look too bad. Seven point eight billion home loan, loan book, and that was up fourteen percent. Uh, customer deposits was up twelve percent, and new 
bank customers acquired was up 33%. Hmm. So it does show that, that, you know, potentially, yes, we've got the big four plus Macquarie, but people potentially might be getting a little bit tired of that sort of large organisation and then moving to something that's a little bit smaller. But it all does come down to earnings and it all does come down to the net interest margin. Yeah. The net mm. interest margin is the only thing you should be looking at when you're at a bank. What did Commonwealth Bank reported? I think it was 2.05% was their net interest margin for the year. And that was certainly down from last year. This year, uh, the net interest margin for my state is 1.63%. And that was actually lower as well from the previous corresponding period. So even though uh, Commonwealth Bank is the best bank in Australia and keeping those higher margins, they're still going to struggle at 1.63% net interest margin. That's certainly a, a lot lower than what you want it to be. Overall return on average capital was was good there. Um, so look, it was an actually an okay result and dividend was all right as well. But that's, that's in the past. Results are in the past. Yeah, well, that's all we can go from now. But in saying that, yes, you're right, moving forward, home loans are going to get tougher and tougher big competition well we did see cba the other day came out and said they're going to stop writing loans that they're not making enough money mm-hmm. on so they've pulled back a little bit westpac has actually gone light years ahead in the mortgage market uh, over the last sort of three months as well but it's all about advertising it's all about this and these guys have got all of the, the the balance sheet to do it so i think they'll struggle in that mortgage market certainly they'll get a little bit of that overflow from the the bank as it's such that they, you know, that people don't like being with Westpac or, you know, the big four. So that's fine as well. But obviously, overall, it's that NIM, and I think that NIM is way too low. So it would be a sell from me because they cannot get the capital that they want at the price they want compared to one of the bigger guys. So I'd be a sell. This has got to be some kind of record. We're ending on a double sell. I think it's really interesting, too. I forget where I'll have to look up the stat, but when you get new migrants to Australia, like an exponential number of them, you know, massive majority just automatically go to CBA. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not because it's the biggest, you know, Commonwealth Bank of Australia used to be government entity, because a lot of these smaller banks would be wise to go after yeah. that market. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick question on Macquarie before we go, because yesterday when it came under all that pressure after that update that came through, it was down around 170. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there could be a few people that would see that as a really Absolutely. good entry point today Absolutely. up by 1%. Yeah, anything under $180 has always been my level. Okay. Uh, buy it. Yep, it's an absolute buy. Go yeah. for it. Macquarie? Yeah, yeah agree. This levels, yeah. <laughs> Look yeah. what I did. We ended up on a double buy. It's just not there on the go. list. <laughs> just in case anybody was getting ready to do a little bit of uh, crying in their cornflakes. Okay, let's get across uh, what we learned this half hour. So, Stockland, it is a hold for Adam, but he would prefer to go into VAP, which is an ETF. Also, Goodman Group, and that same goes for Michael Gable. Uh, but he does say that it is a buy under $4. So hold for now, buy under $4, but Goodman Group is the preferred property play for both of these guys. Pantoro, it's in gold. There's no reason to be there. Uh, it's a sell for both of my guests. Stick with the big ones. Evolution, Perseus Romelius for Michael. Uh, Evolution Northern Star and also the gold G-O-L-D ETF for Adam. Aurelia Metals, again, it's all about all in sustaining costs. It's not there. It's a sell for Adam. It's a sell. Uh, Michael says, even if it is in for a great future, even if you miss that little bit of upside, wait for some of the institutionals um, and stows to get involved, uh, you know, send that share price higher before you'd consider it. So another sell. Uh, Australian Unity Office Fund, again, Abacus or Goodman Group for Adam. Um, it's a contrarian opportunity office for Michael, uh, but he would just be perhaps um, he wouldn't be buying this one, let's put it that way, because it's illiquid. He actually holds Charter Hall, just to give you some perspective on how he's playing that contrarian view. And then my state, you just heard both of the guys, double sell, but Macquarie is a double buy. There's your bonus. Okay, guys, that was fun. That was really yeah. good. Um, Adam Dawes, Sean Partners, always a pleasure. Absolutely. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, always a pleasure as Thank well. You. And nice to get you guys back together yes. after all of these years. We were reminiscing before the program about all the different iterations <laughs> that we have uh, come across each other before. All right, I hope you have a good afternoon. Don't go anywhere, though. We will get you across what's happening on the market now after this very short break. And if you would like us to cover a company, osbiz.co forward slash call picks. Stay with us.